Welcome to the sermon podcast of Northridge Presbyterian Church in Dallas, Texas. I'm Betsy Sweetenberg, the pastor here, and I hope that in this podcast, you see what we seek to do week after week, approaching the stories of our faith with a holy curiosity, not shutting the book because the stories are hard or there are truths we'd rather ignore. Instead, approaching scripture, trusting that God will meet us there, full of grace and truth, teaching us something new about how we are to live in this world God so loves. As we prepare to hear our scripture reading this morning, there's a bit of context I'd like to share. The reading begins with, Now when Jesus heard this, and like me, you may wonder what this news was. Matthew chapter 14 opens with the story on the terrible and gruesome death of John the Baptist commanded by Herod the ruler and his birthday party guests. John was beheaded, and his head was presented on a platter to some of the party guests. Some of John's disciples came and took the body and buried it, and then they went and told Jesus. So our scripture today begins with this deep grief, this heavy news. No matter what you are feeling in your body and soul today, I invite you to listen for God's word to you in Matthew chapter 14, verses 13 through 21. Now when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from there in a boat to a deserted place by himself. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion for them and cured their sick. When it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted place, and the hour is now late. Send the crowds away so that they may go into the villages and buy food for themselves. Jesus said to them, They need not go away. You give them something to eat. They replied, We have nothing here but five loaves and the two fish. And he said, Bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass, and taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples. And the disciples gave them to the crowds. And all ate and were filled. And they took up what was left over of the broken pieces, twelve baskets full. And those who ate were about five thousand men, besides women and children. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I wonder if you have ever had the experience, maybe in a meditation or at the at the invitation of a spiritual director to do a body scan. Sometimes you start with the tips of your toes and you move up the body slowly, considering each part. And you ask yourself, is there any pain or discomfort in this part of my body? And you pay attention to what your body may be trying to tell you so that you might then take the next steps. 
Our bodies react physically to all kinds of stress, including grief and emotional pain. Jesus was clearly aware of his own need to attend to his grief and pain, choosing to withdraw to a boat in a deserted place by himself. That in and of itself is a powerful statement for us. Jesus showing us the way to healing by attending to our own emotional and spiritual needs, attending to our own grief and turmoil before we turn around to attend to the needs of others. But there is so much more to this story. Jesus was not the only one who received the news of John's death. And Matthew tells us that when the crowds heard it, they followed Jesus on foot from the towns. It doesn't sound to me like Jesus actually had much time to himself, maybe a bit, but the people who become his followers felt the need to be with him in community, to connect with him. In the wake of John's death, they needed to hear from the teacher, the healer, the one who had been showing them a new way to life. And so Jesus went ashore and saw a great crowd. While Herod and his family and elite guests were likely having more than their fill at the birthday party on royal grounds and celebrating power and status, there on the lake shore, this crowd of dozens and hundreds and thousands and thousands begins to gather. And who were they? They were common folk. They may have been poor. In fact, it's likely that they were poor. Historical records and scholars like New Testament professor Warren Carter help us to understand that many people in the first century Roman Empire knew food insecurity, and they struggled on a daily and seasonal basis for adequate food and nutrition. The empire was very hierarchical in its social structure, with a small group of ruling elites who enjoyed abundant variety and great quality of food. But most of the population lived around, at, or below subsistence level with inadequate calories and nutrition. Carter further explains that one of the reasons we see so many sick people in the Gospels in need of healing is because diseases of deprivation and diseases of contagion were widespread. These people who were not invited to Herod's birthday party and did not have access to power and resources were gathered in this deserted place by the lakeshore. And from his own place of grief, Jesus had compassion for the crowds and spent all day there on the shore curing the sick and serving the people with an empathetic love. But the disciples felt a reality check. They were paying attention to the late hour and the deserted place, 
And so they wanted to alert Jesus that it was time for people to eat, and so let's send them on to the villages. But here, now we see Jesus as host, the one receiving the people and attending to their needs. And Jesus says to the disciples, you give them something to eat. Well, the disciples did another reality check and assessed the situation and looked at Jesus with just five loaves of bread and two fish in their hands. This is not enough to feed the thousands and thousands and thousands of people who have gathered. Jesus, as host, knows that it is God's will that the people be fed. And Jesus says, bring what you have to me. Give me what you've got. Have you ever assessed a situation and felt like the disciples? I just don't have enough. Look, I have nothing here. I'm not equipped for this. I don't have proper training or experience. I don't have the skills or tools for this task. I don't have the knowledge or wisdom or the stamina or the emotional intelligence. I have too much grief, too much pain. I have too many questions. I am not enough. Jesus, as host, says, bring me what you have. Let's start with that and see what we can do together. Poet and writer Naomi Shihab Nye shares a personal story about what can happen when we take a chance with whatever small offering we may have and join our gifts with those in the community. Nye is an Arab American, the daughter of a Palestinian father and an American mother. <coughs> This is her story called Gate A4. Wandering around the Albuquerque airport terminal after learning my flight had been delayed four hours, I heard an announcement. If anyone in the vicinity of Gate A4 understands any Arabic, please come to the gate immediately. Well, one pauses these days, Nye writes. Do we wonder if we are equipped do we fear what might happen? She continues, Gate A4 was my own gate. I went there. An older woman in full traditional Palestinian embroidered dress, just like my grandma wore, was crumpled to the floor wailing. Help, said the flight attendant. Talk to her. What is her problem? We told her the flight was going to be late, and she did this. Naomi stooped to put her arm around the woman and spoke haltingly in Arabic. The minute she heard any words she knew, however poorly used, she stopped crying. She thought the flight had been canceled entirely. She needed to be in El Paso for major medical treatment the next day. Naomi said, no, we are fine. You'll get there, just later. Who is picking you up? Let's call him. We called her son, Nye writes. I spoke with him in English. 
I told him I would stay with his mother till we got on the plane and ride next to her. She talked to him. Then we called her other sons just for the fun of it. Then we called my dad, and he and she spoke for a while in Arabic and found out, of course, they had ten shared friends. Then I thought, just for the heck of it, why not call some Palestinian poets I know and let them chat with her? This all took up two hours. She was laughing a lot by then, telling of her life, patting my knee, answering questions. She had pulled a sack of homemade mammal cookies, little powdered sugar crumbly mounds stuffed with dates and nuts. And she was offering them to all the women at the gate. To my amazement, Nye writes, not a single woman declined one. It was like a sacrament. The traveler from Argentina, the mom from California, the lovely woman from Laredo. We were all covered with the same powdered sugar and smiling. There is no better cookie. And then the airline broke out free apple juice from huge coolers, and two little girls from our flight ran around serving it, and they were covered with powdered sugar, too. Nye continues, And I looked around that gate of late and weary ones, and I thought, This is the world I want to live in, the shared world. Not a single person at that gate, once the crying of confusion stopped, seemed apprehensive about any other person. They took the cookies. I wanted to hug all those other women, too. And she says, this can still happen anywhere. Jesus, as our host, says, bring me what you have. Let's start with what you have and see what we can do together. Now, the disciples had a choice. They could have kept the five loaves and two fish for themselves, certain that it was what they needed for their own sustenance that evening. This morning at 9 o'clock worship, Emily asked our children, if Jesus asked you to give him your lunch, what would you do? And they very honestly said, um, I'd keep it for myself. Or, well, I might share it. I might give Jesus half, and I would keep half. These are very honest, logical answers. And I have to think the disciples were thinking the same thing. But I guess they handed the bread and fish over because Matthew tells us that Jesus took the five loaves and two fish, and in a simple, ordinary moment... He paused and looked to God and blessed the loaves and broke them and gave them to the disciples, and the disciples then gave them to the crowds. And the divine blessing came. All ate and all were filled. So filled that there were 12 baskets full of leftovers, Plenty available if anyone was found to be in need in that moment. Jesus as host is also Lord, and Jesus demonstrates his authority even over food resources. 
Friends, it is so very easy for us to get overwhelmed or scared of the needs that we see before us. How do we really break down the structures of white supremacy that hold up the system we depend on? How do we address food insecurity in our own community? How do we support those seeking asylum? How do we keep our children and teachers safe in schools? How do we act with compassion when we ourselves are tired, overwhelmed, and don't have all the answers? How? Bring me what you have. Let's start there and see what we can do together. I wonder what God has been calling you to do, but you haven't felt ready for. What has the Holy Spirit been nudging you to do, but so far you've responded, not yet, I'm not ready, I don't have enough. Jesus invites us to bring whatever is ready, whatever part of ourselves we can offer, whatever we have, and allow God to fill in the cracks and supply the abundance of whatever else is necessary. When Herod was party host, he gave in to his own fears and the desires of his party guests and ordered up John's head on a platter. Herod's party was a celebration of power, imperial rule, wealth, alliances, and status. But when Jesus was host, he looked at the people with compassion and said, let's meet the needs of the crowds by starting with what you have and going from there. Jesus celebrated the will of God for the people, the gracious abundance, and a life-giving feast after a day of compassionate healing. Jesus continues to show us a different way and invites us to share in the sacramental nature of community just as we are. Thanks be to God for meeting us just as we are with whatever it is we have to give and making miracles happen. Amen. Go out into God's world in peace. Have courage. Hold on to what is good. Return to no one evil for evil. Strengthen the faint-hearted. Support the weak. Help the suffering. Honor all persons. Love and serve the Lord, rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit. And as you go, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the power of the Spirit bless you and keep you this day and always, always. Amen. <laughs>